This is Germ Warfare, the battle of ideas. You have something to tell me. Yeah, I want to talk about Nashville. Now, you want to bear in mind that uh, a lot of these fake shootings are repetitious. You had uh, Sandy Hook, who is the grandfather of them all which was based on or inspired by a shooting in Scotland at Dunblane that appears to have been real. But then they use Sandy Hook as a basis for Uvalde. I mean, think of this. At Dunblane, you had a bunch of kids who were shot up, apparently by a berserk. I think it was a teacher in that case. But it, in Sandy Hook, this young man, Adam Lanza, is supposed to have shot his mother and then gone to the elementary school, shot 20 kids and six adults. Well, in Uvalde, I mean, the, the variation was minimal, Jeremy. He shoots his grandmother, and then he goes to school and shoots 19, second, third, and fourth graders. I mean, how ridiculous. And two adults, two teachers, one of whom, Eva Morales, was a reprisal by Vicky Soto of the role she played at Sandy Hook. So the recycling actors... Uh, then we had this thing in Buffalo. Buffalo is a redo of New Zealand, the Christchurch shooting, uh, where you had this guy in a car driving around. He had actually, they were toy guns. They were all painted up. There were no shell ejections. They were putting out a puff of air. Nobody was actually being killed. At one point, he fires it into the windshield. And there's no damage to the windshield. He gets out, and, you know, it's very, very fake, shooting, no blood, people falling. He walks into one room, and the bodies are already stacked up in this huge room. He doesn't even have to bother shooting them. Well, very, very similar at Uvalde, uh, 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 at Buffalo, except it was a grocery store, but he drives in. He's got a gun, similar gun. It's all painted up, no shell ejections. He points and they fall down, but it's all totally fake. Goes inside, actually, at one point, fires at a guy lying on the ground. He's only inches away from his head, which had it been real, would have burst apart like a melon, but it's just a puff of air, just as in uh, Christ Church. So we're getting these fake, and then you have phony witnesses, like in Buffalo. You got a guy saying, uh, well, he heard the first shot, and then a, seven-tenths of a second here the next. Can you believe? I mean, who's going to have a stopwatch there? You don't know when the first shot is coming. I mean, it's just ludicrous. The same guy claimed that the, the shooter there is supposed to be a white supremacist. Well, this witness is a big black guy. And he says they had a conversation the day before the event. And he actually what, bought him a Gatorade, and they talked for an hour about critical race theory? Now, Jeremy, <laughs> no, no self-respecting white supremacists are going to spend an hour talking to a black guy about <laughs> critical race theory. Now, what you're going to see here in, in uh, uh, Nashville is very phony. You got, you got parents who, just as you may or may not recall in Sandy Hook, the second photograph taken by Shannon Hicks showed there were a whole bunch of parents there in front of the line of kids where the policewoman was rearranging the kids to get a better shot. And they just have their arms folded, hands in their pockets, casually looking on. Well, we have similar with uh, supposed parents down in, uh, down in uh, Nashville. 
And let me say, you know, my, I, I, I'm in uh, contact with two of the crisis actors from Sandy Hook and, and, a, and a mutual friend who may know more about the event and everyone and the roles they played than anyone else in the world. And, and they have pointed out to me that in Nashville, some of the crisis actors were trained in Connecticut. And as far as the Vicky Soto, who reprised her role in uh, Uvalde, I was actually on the phone to the friend, the mutual friend, when uh, Margaret was on the phone with Vicky right beside and asked her how much she was paid. And it was 210000 to reprise her wow. role in, in, yeah, to reprise her role in Uvalde. And they were saying these kids down in Nashville are getting 310000 <laughs> Jeremy. They've jacked the ante. I mean, it's, it, the amount of money involved here is just staggering. I mean, Eric Holder came down to Newtown in 2006 when I, when I brought together 13 experts, including six PhDs, and we went to work figuring out what was real and what was fake. We had established the school had been closed by 2008 and that there were no students there that it was a FEMA drill presented as mass murder to promote gun control. Well, we're going to see, it turns out Eric Holder actually came in 2006. So they actually closed the school two years earlier. It was a special needs school. It wasn't even an elementary school, which is why the parking was so odd. You only had one access route in Dickinson Drive. Uh, for buses, you need a U-turn, you know, like a horseshoe-shaped driveway and all that. No offloading, no bicycle racks, blah, blah, blah. No, no handicap parking even. I mean, this all by itself shows it could not have been legally operating in 2012. Well, we're going to find in Nashville, there's nobody there either. It's an empty building. I mean, they pull this many times. For example, in Orlando, which is supposed to be the biggest mass shooting of them all, they claim to have uh, 300 gays packed into this nightclub that only had a legal occupancy of 150. Well, when I brought together experts to sort that out, we discovered the permit for the club had expired three years earlier. And at that point, they'd repainted the club from white to black to show it was closed, that it only had 11 parking spaces. If you had 300 there, there would have been abandoned cars all over the place, but they weren't there because there wasn't anyone there. I mean, they're so brazen about this. And I, and I think, Jeremy, when you watch what I'm going to share with you about Nashville, you'll see how totally phony it is. And, and uh, uh, I mean, there are multiple lines of proof that are going to leave no doubt in your mind that this was uh, one more fake shooting to promote the Democrat gun control agenda. I mean, there's... I don't think there's any room for doubt about it whatsoever. Well, James, when you're ready, take it away. Okay, well, here's the kind of report that was being broadcast at the time. Good evening, I'm Christine Johnson. And I'm Dick Brennan, in for Maurice Dubois. The shooting happened at a Christian school for young children. Tonight, worshipers at a nearby church embraced and cried during a vigil for the victims, grieving over the violence that unfolded earlier today. These are the names of the six victims killed, three of them just nine years old. The other three, members of the school staff, including a custodian and a substitute teacher. The shooter is also dead, shot by police. 
Tony Aiello joins us now with what we're learning about the investigation tonight. Tony? We know one of the victims was the daughter of the pastor at Covenant Presbyterian Church. Another was the head of the affiliated Covenant School. Police say the shooter attended the school years ago. Tonight they're trying to understand what motivated today's attack. It took 14 minutes. Confirm back the shooter. From the first 911 call, multiple victims down, to police entering Covenant School. They immediately went to the gunfire. Returning fire and killing the shooter, ending the threat. Kenneth Gray is a former FBI agent. So they stopped the act of shooting from progressing further. Their actions stopped further death from happening. Metro Nashville police say the shooter had two AR style weapons and a handgun and believe the attack was carefully planned. There were uh, maps drawn of the school in detail, surveillance, uh, entry points, etc. Cops say these photos showed the shooter fired at arriving officers from a second story window. Police named the shooter as 28 year old Audrey Elizabeth Hale and later said Hale was transgender. Investigators found evidence in Hale's car parked nearby and at the home the shooter shared with a parent three miles away. We have a manifesto, we have some writings that we're going over uh, that that uh, pertain to this day, the actual incident. Photos show children holding hands during a frantic school evacuation and capture the fear on the face of this child riding a bus to safety. I felt like my nerves left me. No parent should have to receive that call. No parent should have to go through anything like that. Just happy to be reunited with them. Monday night, the soundtrack in Music City is a sad one with the deaths of three innocent kids and three dedicated school staffers. I am overwhelmed. Let me just move forward about it. There are lots of clues there. It'll turn out even these witnesses turn out to be crisis actor witnesses. You got a female shooter killing three children, three staff members, 33. That 33 is ubiquitous. You may have noticed the address was 33 on the street. They were supposed to have had 33 teachers. Everyone's heart goes out to it. It looks kind of semi-plausible when you look at the way it was presented there. Notice how the kids had their hands on each other, very reminiscent of what we had at Sandy Hook. Uh, White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre offered remarks that the president been briefed. The team was in contact with the Department of Justice. Now, get this on the timing. Since a Biden pistol ban was announced, gun owners have been calling on Congress to use a Congressional Review Act to disapprove the ATF ban on millions of pistols to overturn it. Because of this shooting, the committee put off consideration of the pro-gun bill. So it may very well be that the timing was intended to have precisely that effect. Now, here's someone who's not easily played in, a correspondent by the name of Peter Story, Jim. These are the types of videos that in the good old days used to appear on YouTube deconstructing fake shootings. In these mid-shoot videos are 33s, a school address, three students and three adults supposedly killed, two 66s, three nine-year-old students, equals 666 upside down, three adult victims, 61, 60, 61. These are all internal numerological clues Crisis actors with no tears. One almost breaks out laughing, as can be seen in the first video. Lines of kids and odd names. Mike Hill, age 61, over the hill. Lots of laughs, like Sandy Hook. 
lots of lounging at the massacre. Parents around who don't really seem concerned or in stress at all. Authorities holding press conference looking so bored and matter of fact, even though they're at the scene of a mass shooting, give us a break. Then, after a mass shooting, and this was pretty bizarre, Joe Biden says he wants chocolate chip ice cream. It seems that President Biden and the Democrats want to turn a tragedy into an opportunity to strip law-abiding citizens of their constitutional rights. That's the whole idea. Monday, President Biden addressed an assembled group in the White House following the murder of three adults and three children in a mass shooting at a national Christian school. He opened his remarks, My name is Joe Biden. The audience laughed. I'm Dr. Joe Biden's husband. Then he came down to address a group. Yeah, he, I came down I here because I heard there was, go ahead, chocolate chip ice cream. By the way, I have a whole refrigerator upstairs. You think I'm kidding? His unserious comments came after a shooter, reportedly a female, very rare for a school shooter, entered the Covenant Elementary in Nashville and murdered six before being killed by police. Here he is, Jeremy. Here he is. My name is Joe Biden. I'm Dr. Joe Biden's husband. And I ate Jenny's ice cream, chocolate chip. I came down because I heard there was chocolate chip ice cream. By the way, I have a whole refrigerator full upstairs. I think I'm kidding. I'm not. God. Ben, how are you, pal? One of the best guys in the United States Congress, Ben Cardin. <laughs> Folks, uh, it's a delight to have you all here. And who are those good-looking kids back there? They're your kids, all four of them? Well, stand up, guys. John, we'll jump back in here. Um, yeah. Uh, considering the moment, um, we were, we were a told that the shooting that just happened uh, left three children dead, uh, three adults dead, shooters dead, and we were told he would be addressing this F off the top. Yeah, it's uh, rather surprising. I thought that a somber President Biden would have come to the podium here and addressed the school shooting. Jeremy, let me just add about this uh, ice cream thing. It appears that that is uh, something that benefits persons suffering from dementia, that ice cream is good for those suffering from dementia. I don't know if you saw his recent visit to Ireland, but this same guy scratched the back of his neck, and it turned out it pulled the latex mask just enough so you could see very clearly it's wearing a latex mask. This guy is... Uh, Biden imposter wearing a latex mask. I ought to have, you know, if I thought I would have tossed it in here because it's very, very clear. Well, here you're going to see the driver coming in and just notice there's there are virtually no cars in the parking lot. So this is a school that's supposed to have, I don't know, 400 in the school building or what have you. Well, also notice when the shooter breaks in, that there are no, no, an alarm goes off. And I dare say it appears to be a burglary alarm. I think this is on a Saturday. And you don't see a single soul running for an exit. You don't see a student. You don't see a teacher. You don't see a secretary. You don't see a janitor. Nothing like that because the building is empty. 
here, here it comes. Driving in. But just take a look at the parking lot. Very few, tiny number of vehicles there. It's not busy at all. Not busy at all. I mean, should have had no problem finding a place to park. Could have parked a whole lot closer to the school, actually. Now watch this shooting coming in. This sets off an alarm. An alarm that should have had people running for every exit. But you don't see a soul. There's nobody running anywhere. It's empty. There's no sign. Jeremy, there's no sign of a single person inside this building, not one. There's lots of video of walking around looking scary. And we're going to come back to this figure in the end. This is supposed to be a transgender woman. Well, it actually doesn't play out that way when we take a closer look. But that's what we've been told. And it's a little weird, if you ask me, to have transgenders attacking kids in a Christian school. Uh, what's supposed to be the effect? Are the Christian parents supposed to say, wow, if we don't take guns away, we're going to have transgenders coming in and shooting up our kids? I think far more likely would be the response that if transgenders are going to kill our kids, we're going to do something about them. But the way it's played here, you know, totally amb amb ambivalent, ambiguous, exactly what's going on here. And while I haven't stressed it, the sneakers, the sneakers the shooter is wearing, uh, notice them here. They're black and white sneakers. That turns out to be rather important. And we'll return to the physical properties of the shooter. But just notice, you yeah, hear people. the flashing light. There's an alarm going on, Jeremy, but there's no one there, no one running to get out of the building to escape the shooter, you know, Nothing. to respond to the alarm. Nothing like that, which I think is explicable because the school was empty. Here, here's another now. This is someone starting to sort out what's really going on here. Hold up. Wait a minute. <laughs> you serious? I seen all the signs, I seen all the signs. They've been telling lies, they've been telling lies. Watching how I move, watching how I move. We know that she was armed with at least two assault-type rifles and a handgun. We are efforting now to identify her. She entered the school through a side entrance and traversed her way from the first floor to the second floor, firing multiple shots. We now know that there are three students who were fatally wounded as well as three adults inside the school. We are working to identify those victims. 
seen all the signs, I seen all the signs. They've been telling lies, they've been telling lies. Watching how I move, watching how I move. I've been keeping track now, watch out for the snakes. Yeah, Sean Dalbrooks. Sean Dalbrooks, could you spell that for me? Yeah, S H A U N D E L L E. Brooks, B R O O K S. And you said you have kids who were. Yeah, my son was killed in a mass shooting at the Waffle House. What did you say? You said you have kids who were. Yeah, my son was killed in a mass shooting at the Waffle House. Surrounded by sheep, damn, you've been busy watching me move, paying no mind, staying online. If you've been wondering, I'm doing fine. Made 150 in a year, I'm only 22, so don't pay me your time. Back with a track, and I've been moving up. I'm a bachelor, but you know I've been getting love, and I'm back. I'm a rap with my life getting tough. I'm a master of the craft, and I never give it up. I put in time, I earned a shine, I worked it out, I made it mine, and fell in line, and I came a long way, not the wrong way. Know that one day I'll be biggest Kanye. so on a typical day there would be about 209 students inside the school and approximately 40 to 50 staff members, about 42 staff members. I'll take just a couple of questions uh, before we go back. Clear. So the seven dead, and then, and then, uh, nature of injuries, how many injured do you know? Maybe they're being treated still, or injuries. I know first responders weren't, but and first responders weren't. But an officer had uh, a wound from cut glass. First responders weren't. But an officer had uh, a wound from cut glass. So Jeffersonian girl wasn't fooled. I investigated the Highland Park shooting. Uh, it was totally staged. The Waffle House thing was a joke. But they're Johnny on the spot, talking about how. You know, their painful experience of losing kids or relatives or whatever, being in two different mass shootings, give me a break. Remember what Vicky told us, they're making big bucks for doing these things. Now here's supposed to be parents, but notice how nonchalant they are. This is the lounging at the massacre idea that they're on the scene, they're supposed to be in a state of anxiety but I don't see it. It's not true. They're not anxious at all. The parents waiting for the children at that Nashville school shooting, folks. And um, <laughs> they look very worried, man. I feel 
my heart goes out to them, 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 they, them parents. It really does. Oh yeah, you were just running? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They just told me to show up here and collect the paycheck like right after. No. Oh yes. Oh, let me hug you, let me hug you. <laughs> That's kind of chilly. Oh my gosh, oh my. I'm biting my nails. Oh gosh. Oh yes, yes, there you go. I'll be on the phone, just look worried. Yes. No tears, Don't. nobody has no tears. They're showing the same clips over and over and over. <laughs> I'm gonna get paid. Are they gonna pay us like every two weeks or like um, once a month or um, <laughs> yeah? Oh, dude, they're playing the same damn clip over and over and over. These worried, sick parents. Jeremy, it's just it's it's virtually a joke. Have there been any real ones? I think there have been uh, a couple. Uh, uh, I'd have to go back and survey. I think there was one involving a postal worker that looked to be bona fide. Uh, but I'm telling you, that the number of, of stage shootings versus real shootings, the ratio is overwhelming mm. in favor of them being fake. So that if you hear about one of these shootings, your default presumption ought to be that it's staged. I actually created a checklist, Jeremy, where you can tell if you have, you know, signs that it's being staged, you don't have any bodies, you don't have any blood, you don't have any ambulances. See, one of the keys is that real medical services aren't going to participate in staged events because they may be needed for real ones. So they don't show up in Boston, for example. They had a real physician who wanted to come and aid the actors who actually were amputee actors. I mean, that was the genius of Boston. They're supposed to have had, had uh, arms and legs blown off by explosives so that, you know, it's supposed to be emotionally ranching. But they actually had a real doctor who wanted to come, but the cops wouldn't let because it would have blown the case open. There was no blood initially. They did have fake blood that came out of these little orange fake blood kits. But you notice there, you notice in Orlando, you notice in Sandy Hook, you notice in Parkland, there's no string of ambulances to rush mm. the bodies off to hospitals where they can be pronounced dead or alive. It just doesn't happen. And in fact, you know, in, in, in Sandy Hook, Wayne Carver, the medical examiner, said they didn't allow the parents to even see the bodies of their children, but identified them on the basis of photograph. Well, I am a parent. I'm telling you, Jeremy, if I were told one of my children were dead, there's no force on earth that could keep me from verifying the fact for myself, you know, mm -hmm. as opposed to possible kidnapping or who knows what, right? I mean, it's just ridiculous. So I have a false flag checklist that anyone can download. I'll send you and we can make it available in relation where I go through a, de a dozen different evidential indicators that you're being played. Here we have the Nashville police releasing a surveillance footage of the transgender inside the school. Now notice again, the height, the build, it's gonna turn out the, the neck is very important here and the sneakers. This is just how it's being reported now. Hale killed three nine-year-old children, remember that three, uh, and, and they, they make up these victims. 
Evelyn Dykehouse, Haley Scruggs, William Kinney. I have a guy with 35 years in law enforcement. We, we go to these events and he'll check out and see if any of them are real, if he can find them and verify. Then you had uh, three adult staff members, all of whom are in their 60s to get that 666, where the transgender terrorist was supposed to have been shot 14 minutes into the incident. Here you have Hale seen holding a rifle, wearing uh, camo pants and a red cap as she enters a building. Active shooter, Audrey Elizabeth Hale, 28, drove the Honda Fit to the Covenant Church School campus and park MNPD uh, uh, detectives searching and found additional material written by Hale. This idea of having a manifest, I saw what was supposed to be the manifest. It just looks like some scratch marks on a piece of paper. It didn't have any significant substance to it, but it's part of their script. Shooting out the glass door, remember, that happened in uh, Sandy Hook. So I think they want to repeat some of these to tie them together in terms of your recollections. In fact, uh, Vicky and Margaret have their hands on video showing the Connecticut State Police walking up to the front of the Sandy Hook School and shooting it out, the Connecticut State Police, because they were running the event behind the scene. Now, here's a claim they fired on a police vehicle. Now, I'm not quite sure, but I'll guarantee you this this was a stage uh, shooting of that windshield. I mean, that's not tough to arrange to make it look as though there were real bullets being really fired. Hale fired a number of rounds inside. She was armed with these three guns and significant ammunition. They really do want to demonize, you know, the AR-15 ideally, but she actually never does use the AR-15, but the other weapon. And and some of these, by the way, it turns out, have Nazi-type insignia on them. I mean, that's a real peculiarity of this case here. The active shooter drove to the Interfit Park, shot her way into the building, two assault-type guns and a 9 millimeter. Approximately an hour later, the department released a surveillance video of her inside the school. Now, this, Jeremy, is a body cam for the police officer coming into the building. Now, you'll notice again that they never see anybody in the school. They don't see any teachers. They don't see any students. They don't see any secretaries. They don't see any custodians. We'll go through it and, and then uh, talk about it in a preliminary way. And then we'll go through it again and talk about it in greater detail. Now, my dear friend and colleague, Brian Davidson, who's a private investigator licensed in Texas, who's done simply brilliant work on Buffalo, Buffalo, Uvalde, and now Nashville. Were he not preoccupied, it would have been wonderful to have had him join us here today. Has done a slow motion on the video, and I'll explain to you part of what he finds uh, in doing that. But let's take a look and uh, uh, first take at these videos here, the, the body cam. That's supposed to be the body of the perp.
There you go, second floor. I don't have a radio closet. No, locked door. Where did they go in? First floor, first floor, first floor. Hold there, y'all. Somebody hold there. Hit that door. Rifle first. Rifle first. Blue, go. Go, 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 go. Go. Move. Right, right, right. Push it LPVO. Push it LPVO. Go right. Move, move. Watch out, watch out. Move. Stop moving! Stop moving! Watch left, watch left. Suspect down, suspect down. Among the features that Brian Davidson discovered, and by the way, he co-authored my law enforcement false flag staged event checklist, is that there's no recoil from the shots. You don't hear any bullets. There's no impact on the walls. There's no ricochets. There's no blood from the body. And if you take a look at the sneaker, it's different than what the shooter was wearing coming in. There's more to that story. Let's look at this again, but just notice how mm. you never encounter a single living soul inside the building and you don't even see the, the perp moving. You see the perp on the ground. It could even be a mannequin. Watch. Check this out again. First floor, first floor. Hold there, y'all. Somebody hold there. Hit that door. Rifle first. Rifle first. Blue, go. Go, 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 go. Go. Move. LPVO. Push it LPVO. Go right. 
Move, move! Watch out, watch out. Move. Stop moving! Stop moving! Watch left, watch left. Suspect down, suspect down. Just look at the sneaker. We're going to take a closer look. There you can see it pretty well. Uh, I was a Marine Corps officer. He says supervised recruit training, 15 DIs, 300 recruits, including marksmanship training. This appears to have been a, a training drill presented as though it were a real event. Here you see the difference. I even tweeted this. Wow. Our transnational shooter changed his, her sneakers during his, her assault on a Christian school. How dumb are we supposed to be? Glad to see many are pointing out absurdities of these stage events, which the Dems use to promote their agenda. Jeremy, this is like a Colorado Kmart shooting where the guy came in wearing one type of pants, and then he left uh, when he was arrested wearing a different type of trow. I, I guess he thought, well, I'm here at Kmart shooting up the place. I'm just going to pick up a new pair of trousers. <laughs> now, it's also the, the, and, and the camo pattern on the trousers is different, too. Now, here's Tucker talking about this, which is pretty good. Tucker's a pretty smart guy. It was just last week that we noticed that parts of the transgender movement seemed to be getting militant and possibly dangerous. We did a whole segment about it on Thursday night. That segment was sparred by an NPR segment we had heard and never expected to hear. NPR is always, as a matter of editorial policy, completely opposed to civilian ownership of firearms, with the possible exception of maybe IRS agents. Yet here suddenly was that very same station, National Public Radio, positively urging trans people to buy guns, as many guns as possible, and if necessary, to use them. The world is dangerous, explained one trans gun owner. You have to be dangerous back. And that seems strange to us. Is the United States really a dangerous place for trans people? Well, West Baltimore is dangerous. You could easily get murdered there. But if you're trans in this country, obviously there are many downsides, but there do appear to be some benefits. It's a lot easier to get into Harvard, for example. It's definitely easier to get a job at Citibank or in the Biden White House. If you're transgender and so much as fly a kite, the Pentagon will happily make you an F-35 pilot just so Hollywood can make a movie about it. Identifying as trans, whatever, again, its downsides, does convey status in this country, which is why so many young people now do. Not a lot of 19-year-olds are pretending to be car mechanics or linemen for a regional power company in eastern Ohio, but plenty of college freshmen do pretend to be members of the opposite sex. And why wouldn't they? The people in charge despise working-class whites, but they venerate the trans community. People are just responding to incentives. It's rational in a way. But that does not explain the anger that we heard in that NPR segment. Why are some trans people so angry and why do they seem to be mad specifically at traditional Christians? We can't think of any trans person who's ever been murdered by a pastor. As far as we know, that has never happened. So it's not an actual threat of violence from Christians that's inspiring some trans people to buy AR-15s. No, it's, it's gotta be more fundamental than that, and it is. The trans movement is the mirror image of Christianity and therefore its natural enemy. In Christianity, the price of admission is admitting that you're not God. 
Christians openly concede that they have no real power over anything, and for that matter, very little personal virtue. They will tell you to your face that they are sinful and helpless and basically absurd. They're not embarrassed about any of this. They brag about it. That saved a wretch like me, goes the most famous Christian hymn ever written in English. The trans movement takes the opposite view. Trans ideology claims dominion over nature itself. We can change the identity we were born with, they will tell you with wild-eyed certainty. Christians can never agree with this statement because these are powers they believe God alone possesses. That unwillingness to agree, that failure to acknowledge a trans person's dominion over nature, incites and enrages some in the trans community. People who believe they're God can't stand to be reminded that they're not. So Christianity and transgender orthodoxy are wholly incompatible theologies. They can never be reconciled. They are on a collision course with each other. One side is likely to draw blood before the other side. That's what we concluded last week. Yesterday morning, tragically, our fears were confirmed. A self-identified trans person called Audrey Hale committed mass murder at a Christian school in Nashville. Hale burst into a place called the Convent School and executed three nine-year-olds as well as three adults. Police have released body cam footage from the end of the massacre. We're showing you just a small part of it. You can see the rest online if you want. We're not going to show it because that's too awful and sad. But what was almost as sickening to see in a far more subtle and insidious way was the media coverage of yesterday's tragedy. Here's Terry Moran of ABC News, for example, suggesting that Christians were murdered in Tennessee because they infringed on the rights of transgendered people. Watch. Audrey Hale was a, identified herself as a transgender person. Uh, it, state of Tennessee earlier this month passed and the governor signed a bill that banned transgender medical care for minors, as well as uh, a law that prohibited adult entertainment, including male and female impersonators after a series of drag show controversies in that state. The state of Tennessee bans the sexual mutilation of children. Children get shot to death in a school. It's cause and effect. That's what ABC News is telling you. That's not far from justifying mass murder, but others took the next step. A group called the Trans Resistance Network said that the shooter's death was a complex tragedy that resulted from, quote, anti-trans bias. The Hershey Chocolate Company's new trans spokesman, meanwhile, someone called Faye Johnstone, posted messages after the shooting complaining about, quote, trans misogyny. In Canada, a taxpayer-funded trans rights organization put out a statement that ignored the murder of the children in Nashville entirely and instead claimed that there has been a, quote, exponential rise in anti-trans violence. That is a lie. It's a provable lie. And in fact, the opposite is true. We seem to be watching the rise of trans terrorism. The man who tried to murder Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh after the repeal of Roe v. Wade identified as a, quote, trans gamer girl. The man who shot up a nightclub in Colorado in this past November and murdered five people identified as non-binary. And now this. And there could be more. And Tifa has announced this coming Saturday is the, quote, trans day of vengeance. Vengeance for what? That's not explained. But the suggestion is there will be violence in Washington this weekend. Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene tweeted about this today, because if there's a day of vengeance coming, the rest of us should probably know about it. And for doing so, immediately had her, had her official congressional Twitter account suspended. 
You're not supposed to talk about any of this, apparently. And the authorities in Nashville certainly are not planning to talk about it. They're doing their best not to. Here's the police chief of Nashville explaining that while he's happy to talk about the shooter's guns, he's not going to tell you anything about the shooter's motives. Watch. So in the manifesto, there's several different writings about other locations. Uh, there were locations, uh, there was uh, talks about um, the school. There was a map of the school, a drawing of how uh, potentially she would enter and the assaults that would take place. Uh, there's it's quite a bit of uh, writing to it. I have not read the whole, the entire manifesto. Our team and the FBI has been working uh, on this. Well, that's interesting. Within what seemed like minutes, we saw pictures of the rifles and the pistol. We now have horrifying body cam footage from within the school. So unsettling, we're not going to show it to you. But somehow we can't see the manifesto in which the killer explains why she killed. Why is that? It's not accidental. Well, you know exactly why it is. Because it would make the obvious undeniable. The trans movement is targeting Christians, including with violence. Most Christian leaders in this country don't want to admit that. Admitting it might force them to take deeply unfashionable positions. But it is true, and anyone who's paying attention knows that it's true. And so, like most true things at this point, it is officially suppressed. Here, for example, is Joe Biden yelping again about how it's all your fault when these tragedies happen because you've got guns at home. This is from yesterday. We have to do more to stop gun violence. It's ripping our communities apart, ripping the soul of this nation, ripping at the very soul of the nation. And we, we have to do more to protect our schools so they aren't turned into prisons. You know, uh, the shooter in this situation reportedly had two assault weapons and a pistol, two AK-47. So I call on Congress again to pass my assault weapons ban. So we're going to prevent you from learning why the shooter did it, and we don't have to guess because she wrote a whole manifesto about why she did it. And we know that she did that because she told a friend of hers on Instagram that she did it. But we can't see it. We can only talk about the guns. We can't know what kind of drugs she was taking, what kind of hormones or SSRIs or benzodiazepines. We can only guess. We can only talk about the guns. Pass my assault weapons ban. That'll fix the problem. But Joe Biden is lying about that. He knows that he's lying. And you know that he's lying. Yesterday's massacre did not happen because of lax gun laws. Yesterday's massacre happened because of a deranged and demonic ideology that is infecting this country with the encouragement of people like Joe Biden. Let's start by being honest about that. Tucker is so good, Jeremy, on issues like this. I've been pondering, you know, why there should be a conflict between trannies and, and Christianity. And the best I can do is, of course, according to Genesis, God created Adam, and then he created Eve out of Adam's rib. And he created man, and he created woman. There were just two sexes. And, of course, from an evolutionary point of view, again, we have two sexes. We're a sexually reproducing species. So it seems to me, if you're pro-tranny, and if you want to deny the reality of sex, you're not only up against Christianity, Christian theology, but you're up against biology and the difference between men and women. I mean, it's bizarre. But this whole tranny thing is very weird and why they wanted to go that way. 
Here's Honey Badger tweeting. I did a little dive on the gal that mysteriously showed up in Nashville two days saying she was at a convention and got to this shooting at a school 35 minutes after it happened. Look who she's pals with. I think this is the uh, shooter from Illinois. Here's another Wayne Tech Moore Intel. These were the guns confiscated. Symbolism, anarchy symbolism. Have a strange feeling, not only Antifa, the real Antifa is behind this, but I also believe the members of the Nazi Azov Battalion are providing material support to the group. How? Biden approved the U.S. dark military to train them here in our homeland. Look at the symbolism on the gun. Also, trans community recently partnered with the Azov Battalion. That's pretty damn strange. Here's Wayne Tech. Flag of the Azov Battalion combined with a transgender flag. Black sun markings on MK Ultra New Zealand shooter with the Azov Battalion used found by Russian Malone, definitely deep state gun grab. More, this day of vengeance, as Tucker was observing. What's mm. a tranny community got to do revenge for? Because we don't have ministers killing trannies, Jeremy. You know, what's that supposed to be the rationale for that? Uh, did you did you Here's see the very- did you see that says wear a mask? <laughs> <laughs> like it. Here's a, here's an historical observation from Ted Nugent. Turning your weapons, the government will take care of you. Yeah, mm. the Indians provide a nice example of that. Here's another. They're going to keep green mass shootings until you give up your guns. Once you give up your guns, they're going to kill you. You know that, right? I think that is a lesson we need to learn. Now, I have a chiropractor who does a lot of work with people getting their bodies in shape so their clothes look better on them. He's he's a very smart guy. He happens to have made significant contributions to research in JFK. So I asked him to take a look at some of these images. And when I saw the direction he was going, I invited him to give me a blog, which I published on April 2nd. Now here we have the girl who's supposed to be the tranny, and here you have the shooter on the right. Notice, she has a rather long neck. Mm. Anonymous, Dr. Chiropractic. I am a Dr. Chiropractic, and I'd like to share my observation about the Nashville shooter, but anonymously. We are told she was Audrey Hale, age 28, and that she was in transition to becoming male. But how far along was she? We're told that she lived with her parents, that they forbade her from dressing as or presenting as a male in their home. So within the confines of the home, she was still Audrey and presented as female. But think about the practicality of it. It means she had to leave the home as Audrey, go somewhere to change her clothes and her look. And then before going home, she had to change back to being Audrey. Was she doing that? It seems like an awful lot of trouble. Let's look at some images. She obviously looks very feminine and attractive in the above image, and easily this is the most flattering of any images I've seen. In the above now, 
She's dressed in male clothes, but otherwise no clear signs of masculinity. The shirt is too loose-fitting to ascertain her figure. It's been reported she was on testosterone, but can we be sure? Testosterone is a prescription drug. So what doctor prescribed it? I'd like to see her medical records before drawing any inference. The above image was presumably taken about the same time. Notice she had a rather long neck. Observe the distance between her chin and the knot of her tie. Compare it with these males who have pretty normal necks. She had a long neck. We see the long neck again on the right. But what about on the left? There's nothing long about that neck. And what about the lips? Look how prominent the lower lip is on the left, which we don't see on the right. She may have been pouting on the left, but even so, I don't know that alone could account for it. Some people have a lot of disparity in the size of their lips. And it looks like the upper lip was tampered with on the right. It looked like someone took a Sharpie to it, and it does not have an anatomical contour. It's too straight. So there's some monkey business going on there. Let's take another look then at the rather masculine shooter. We certainly don't see a long neck on the right. The bulky shoulders and thick arms scream male. I would even use the word burly to describe the person on the right, short and burly. Audrey certainly wasn't burly, but was she short? We can't judge her height without knowing his, but I just noticed something. They messed with her upper lip here, too. It's darker. There's a weird patch that's out of place that looks drawn. Now, let's return to the shooter. Here you have him. And remember those red and black sneakers. How old is that person? He obviously appears to be a male. But how old does he look? He looks like a teenager. He looks like a boy, not a man. He does not look like a fully mature adult. That is a young face, an immature face. In youth, the face is rounder because the skin cells are plumb with water and because there's abundant subdermal fat. As we get older, the skin cells dry out and we lose that subdermal fat. And thus, we acquire the angularity of an adult face. I say that is the face of a teenager. But if I'm wrong, how wrong can I be? Maybe the person is 20, 21, 22, that's pushing it. But to take it to 28 is out of the question. We have the footage of Audrey breaking into the school. Since she just arrived there, nobody was hiding yet, right? Doesn't it seem odd that no one was around, that you never see anyone except her? If you've been to schools, you know that people are coming and going all the time on a school day. We see her aiming and being prepared to shoot several times, but we don't know what triggered it. Did she hear something? Did she see something? Or was that just staged action? But I will point out that her handling of the assault rifle and her movements in general seem very male. Men and women move around differently. Men are more lumbering in their movements. They transfer their weight more coarsely. You might say that they are King Kongish compared to women. They hold more tension in their muscles and they react faster and more bluntly. They oscillate more around their center of gravity. 
whereas women are more graceful. Everything about the movements of the school shooter look male to me. The tautness, the wide stance, the intensity, the grip, it all looks very, very male to me, biologically male. Now keep in mind, I don't have an agenda. I'm just looking at this honestly and objectively based on my experience as a dollar, as a doctor, and based on that, I cannot believe that these two are the same person. He added an addendum. So I think I figured it out. These two are the same person, and he is a boy. Round face, pug nose, short neck, it's the same kid. I call it a boy's expression, too. Girls, even at a young age, tend to be more camera savvy. They're quick to pose nicely for the camera. They want to look good in photos. It was certainly true of Audrey. And on the right, he's nowhere near 28. It's a wonder if he's even 18. And if you told me he was 16, I wouldn't question it. Audrey is a different person in the opposite gender. They had to conflate a teenage boy with a 28-year-old woman. And that's why they needed the transgender story. So remember what we got here. How dumb are we supposed to be? Is it all about gun control? Is it all? Well, it's primarily about gun control, but I think it's also somehow intended to promote the transgender agenda, which is weird on many, many counts, Jeremy, and it's falling flat. The latest Bud Light fiasco with his Dylan McIlvaney, who just has cost Anheuser-Busch $6.5 in their stock value. I mean, it's absolutely stunning what's going on here. And it's going to hit other companies, too. Somehow, it seems as though they don't even care, but I can't believe it. I mean, they got stockholders they got to satisfy $6.5 for a ridiculous ad. And there's a bit of so much lampooning. The, the Budweiser brand, Anheuser-Busch, has taken a massive hit from which they are never going to recover, Jeremy. I guarantee it, never going to recover. Why would we want to mix beer and politics? You know, I mean, we, we want to have sports without politics. That's what they're doing, too. They, they are messing with sports. They're messing with... Uh, Beer, beverages, alcohol like that. It's really stupid. There was a Jack Daniels commercial. Again, like Bud Light. Bud Light, Jeremy, was a best-selling beer in America. No more. Jack Daniels, wonderful reputation, high-quality bourbon, a man's drink. So why would they associate themselves with transgenders? It's very strange. Very strange indeed. I believe ultimately it's rooted in the fact that the Obamas are a most unusual couple, Jeremy. I've done a great deal of research on this. And, and Michelle and Brock's brother just published a piece, Malik, which you can find on my blog at jameshfetzer.org, revealing that not only was Brock born in Kenya, and therefore was ineligible to be the president of the United States because he was not native-born. He wasn't even an American. But that Michelle is a man, and that, I, 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 honest to Pete, 
I have documented this so many ways. Let me tell people where they can go and find the proof. One is called Fake News Issues of Identity. You can find online. I, I embedded it in the article on my blog. And the other is from my Volkswagen Conspiracy 2020 conference, I did a piece called Deception Galore, where the Democrats are using body doubles all the time. The latest example, Jeremy, they're trying to palm off a fake Fetterman on the American people. There's a tweet from uh, Cat Turd who says, wow, does he have really good doctors in only 10 days he's got a complete head transplant because he's got a smaller head. The guy's a bit taller. He smiles. Fetterman is an oaf. He's got a, a real ugly face and he never smiles. They just dropped the guy off out of a limo in front of the cab hall and he came sauntering in and it was very clearly the guy with a smaller head. So Michelle, and it was a physician who had been attending her, walked into her taking a leak standing up in a trailer during a campaign stop near Trenton in New Jersey. <laughs> he was he was paid millions for his silence, but because they've done so much damage to the country, he felt he could no longer keep it to himself that Michelle Obama is not a man who underwent a sex change operation. Michelle Obama is a man with breast implants and a huge shaving. Those symbols uh the number threes and sixes would that have been coincidental or do you think that was deliberate oh no that's all deliberate yeah that's part of the masonic you know there are these uh, 33 levels of masonry so the highest level is at 33. Ole Domagar is very very good on the kinds of uh symbolism that you find in these locations uh and the 666, of course, historically is interpreted as the sign of the devil. So when you get these sixes and you get these double threes, it's all intentional. It's it's a flag. It's an indication of what you're dealing with is uh, a contrived stage event. And they do that deliberately so others who are in on it uh, can appreciate what's going on. And, you know, they... they it happens an awful lot, I'll just tell you, very surprising. So I had that a very, very early response from one of my correspondents pointing out several of these indicators that this is a fraud. And I'm, I'm just telling you, everything about it is fraudulent. And as I may have mentioned before, my Sandy Hook girls explained that some of the crisis actors in Nashville were actually trained in Connecticut and that they're being paid a whole lot of money, Jeremy. I mean, you know, Vicky got, as I said, 210 grand for reprising a role at Uvalde, and she reported that they're getting 310 for pulling these stunts in Nashville. How bad is that? When they use these numbers and these symbols, is that to signal to others? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's a sign. The, 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 those who are performing these stunts believe that if they warn you what they're going to do, they transfer responsibility. That's why you have a lot of predictive play, programming, even about 9-11, you know. You had these cartoon shows that was talking about planes crashing into buildings. Uh, they, they believe it transfers responsibility onto the public if they let you know in advance. And they deliberately use signs 
so that anyone paying attention can tell that this is one of their events, a staged uh, occurrence in order to promote their agenda. The problem we have here in the United States is nobody believes in Joe Biden. He, 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 the real Joe appears to have died in 2017, by the way. I've done quite a lot documenting this too, you might say. Spotting these body doubles has become kind of a, a, a side activity for me because it's happening so often. So they're running a phony candidate on a stolen campaign. They even had a fake inauguration. The problem is they've got a lock on the voting machines so that, as I've recently observed, you could run Jesus Christ on the GOP ticket and he'd lose to Joe Biden because they use a Dominion voting machine to defeat any candidate. So even though the public finds the whole Biden thing repulsive, I, I don't believe Biden got more than maybe 35 million votes in 2020. It was Trump who got the staggering turnout. But they were stealing the election by drop boxes, they were bringing in trucks full of illegal ballots and mostly using the Dominion machines, whose motto, by the way, Jeremy, is changing the way you vote, meaning literally from, say, Republican to Democrat. You know, they would tout it as though it's just higher tech, but it's much more than that. The Dominion machines are designed to steal elections, and they've been used successfully for that purpose again and again and again. They even have their own ballot printer, right, built into the machine. So if they need extra ballots because they want to have the, the numbers come out right, they just print them up themselves. Yeah, Nashville was one more in long string of stage events known as false flags because, they're, you know, they're attributed to the wrong source. The, the notion began in pirate times when the pirates would fly the flag of a friendly nation to the target ship. And then just before they boarded, they'd bring down the false flag and run up the skull and bones. So what they're doing is on a rampage trying to promote gun control. Now, what they don't tell you are the facts about guns in America, Jeremy. Americans use guns to defend themselves against criminals millions of times every year. They save an estimated 200,000 lives. And that's an extremely important number because those who die from gun violence annually are only about 70,000, more than half of whom are suicides. So we're talking about maybe 30, 35,000 who actually die from gun violence, but 200,000 who are saved by having guns, and typically they don't have to use the gun. They just have to show they're armed and the perp skedaddles. So you're talking about multiplying six times more the number of deaths. In fact, once you take guns away, it's going to be like the shoplifters in California. Since they're no longer prosecuting shoplifting, they're doing it wholesale. They come up with caravans and they just loot stores and clean them out. You're going to find a whole lot more deaths. Let me add to, by the way, all this transgender business is so bizarre. I have just had a conversation with a friend about suicides, and it turns out that the category of persons in the United States are committing suicide at the highest rate are the transgenders, because they realize 
they've made a change to their bodies that's permanent and they can't live with it. It wasn't the way nature made them. And the very idea to allow children to be subjected to sex change without even parental notification, Jeremy, that is so outrageous. It's so corrupt. It is so immoral. The, the public is coming around to pivot. But we have an administration that's promoting transgenderism right and left. It's very sad. Somehow, we were supposed to feel sympathetic for this shooter by virtue of being a transgender. But I think there's no reasonable analysis that leads to that result. I think it's far more likely that Christians who have been very tolerant of transgenders are no longer going to be remotely sympathetic if they believe these transgenders are going to start shooting their kids in school. So I, I think it's backfired in major ways. And once you understand the school appears to have been empty, that you got them wearing one kind of sneaker and camo coming in, different kind of sneaker and camo going out, that it's actually a boy, not the woman even. And then all the points that Tucker made that were so telling about the politics and how they're trying to play this. I think it's a fairly devastating case. It was uh, an amateur hour production in Nashville. I think that's a way we could describe it. There are others that are amateurish. This was, in my opinion, a classic example thereof. Do you think that this is perhaps a spiritual battle that's going on or a good versus evil type of war? Well, it certainly can be described in that language. Now, I personally am an agnostic, and therefore I don't have a, a religious beliefs. But there, are, I believe in evil. There are people who are so bad and taking actions that are so malicious and so devastating and harmful that they properly qualify as evil. And in that sense, I believe, yes, we are engaged in a battle of good versus evil. And when you cast against a broader background of the Great Reset and the New World Order, which has multiple manifestations, including the massive border crossings, we've even discovered now the UN and the United States are promoting the border crossing. They have a huge camp in Panama. This is all being orchestrated by the Biden admin. I believe, Jeremy, the objective is to flood the United States with 100 million migrants. That is going to totally vitiate uh, the culture of the United States. These are not individuals that are coming to be assimilated. They're not even going to learn English. And yet Biden has given them the red carpet. They're not required to take the jab, which we know, of course, is harmful and debilitating. They're not being required to take the jab. One of the consequences of which is to induce sterility miscarriages, uh, spontaneous abortions. So they're going to have this massive influx of migrants who are going to be reproducing at their normal rate, which is higher. You're going to have the white population not even replacing at replacement level. I mean, the plan is diabolical and it's taking place before our very eyes. I don't see how we're going to stop it unless we can get control of our voting apparatus. Look, the American people would overwhelmingly vote against what's going on, Jeremy, is because they learned the lesson of Stalin. It doesn't matter who casts the votes. What matters is who counts them. And they're keeping their grip on power, 
notwithstanding that they're destroying America in the process. How can I follow your work? Well, I have three major venues, Jeremy. Of course, my blog, jameshfetzer.org. I also have a bit shoot channel, Jim Fetzer. My shows are being mirrored, by the way, on Rumble as well. And I'm on Twitter, at Jim Fetzer. All those. Plus, of course, I have many books of this collaborative research. If it's coming to issues like Sandy Hook, Boston bombing, Orlando and Dallas, Charlottesville, Parkland, even the moon landing, six of which have been banned by Amazon, Jeremy, but they're available at moonrockbooks.com. There's a reason they're banning the books, and it's not because their fairy tales or got things wrong. Indeed, I've been told virtually everyone in the Sandy Hook community has read my book. Nobody died at Sandy Hook, and they all like it because it's accurate. They don't understand why it's banned, and they would just as soon see the truth come out themselves because they'd like to emancipate themselves from the fact that they're confined to living a lie. That's why these two young women in particular, uh, Margaret Cottle by name, who was cast in the role of Emily Parker, and uh, Vicky Aurelio is cast in the role of Vicky Soto, would like to see it come to an end. And I'm doing my best to find the right opportunity for that to happen, Jeremy. Let it happen. It needs to come to pass. James Fetzer, as always, thank you for joining me in the trenches. My great pleasure, Jeremy. You do a terrific job. You're a wonderful host. Always my pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast, please visit supportgerm.com.